Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am your host, John Robb, joined here by my lovable co-host, Jeff Bears. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Hope you're doing good. Yeah, it doesn't bode well that I'm already stuttering my words first sentence in. So we'll see how this goes. We'll have to see. But this is a very, very exciting, important episode that we have coming on. We um, have highlighted this last year, and we are going to highlight this again because we, see, we feel that this is an extremely important uh, award and something that we need to try to get to the masses for people to kind of be aware of it. And this is – we're going to be talking about the 2020 Eleanor Taylor Bland Crime Fiction Writers of Color Award, which is brought to you by Sisters in Crime. Um, for those who don't know, Sisters in Crime has about 4,200 members. They have about 60 chapters worldwide. So they're a very large organization, Jeff. And I know that we've done a lot of things with Sisters in Crime in the past. Yes, we have. It's wonderful. Yeah, and we're going to be joined on the show here in just a second by the 2018 award winner, and that is Mia, Mia Manansala. And she actually landed a three-book deal at auction for her debut novel. So to say that awards don't matter too much, I think that she might have something to say about that. So let's bring Mia on. Mia, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hey, thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Well, I mean, as great as you can, you know, in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're all still here together, and we're talking about a really, really wonderful um, award and something that we would that we love to highlight here with the magazine to not only show diversity but just bring more awareness to this, which is the Eleanor Taylor Bland Crime Fiction Writers uh, of Color Award, and you won the 2018 award. So talk a little bit about your process and winning and kind of how it came about. Yeah, sure. Um, so one thing I really want to put on the table is, you know, like don't self-reject. And also, you know, if you have early re um, rejections, like don't give up uh, because the year that I won was actually my third time applying. Oh. So, yeah, so I, oh. you know, I applied 2016, nothing, you know, reject, you know, 2017, nothing, 2018, you know, third time was a charm. And, like, I wasn't even going to enter originally I you know I wrote an article about this I was just like you know like how many times can one organization tell you no right how many times can you hear no we're tight we don't want you um are you asking but, a guy about talking to like a girl because I can tell you how many times that could be <laughs> well I mean I guess there's one of them like, you know yeah, there's one of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah because yeah, um <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because one of my uh, early writing teachers is uh, Lori Rader Day, who's the current president of Sisters in Crime, actually, because, you know, we're, I'm a Chicagoland writer, and so is she. Mm -hmm. and, we just interviewed um, Lori not too long ago for her book, so that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. she's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she was one of the people who, you know, stayed on me, and she was like, it's free. <laughs> like, what do you have to lose? You, you know, you have a new book, you're a wonderful writer, why don't you just, just try, just put yourself out there? You know, and I did, and I was like, oh, okay, fine, whatever, just to get her off my back, to be like, look, I did it, Mom, are you happy now? And yes, <laughs> I was very, very happy I did so. Well, I'm curious, what elements were in your work this time that won the award for you compared to what was in previous ones where you didn't? I guess, what did you well, learn? <laughs> <laughs> Well, one, it was uh, a different story, actually, I applied for. Um, so my first book, 
uh, got me an agent originally, um, but it never sold, and that agent and I have since parted ways. This, uh, the book that won the award and then got the deal, is my second book. And so I feel like I learned a lot just about writing in general, about uh, how publishing works, you know, what my voice is and what it is I really wanted to say. And so because I guess, you know, just overall I had a stronger story and I kept trying to make my writing better, and it came through for me finally. So this award is for women of color that have never published previously, correct? So this is looking for Mm -hmm. a deal, or is this people that have published previously and are just submitting their work? I mean, the idea is you're an up-and-comer, right? So, like, you can be – so before it used to be, like, not published at all. Um, But Sisters in Crime has recognized that, you know, yes, getting your foot in the door is extremely difficult, but what people don't really know is that staying published is actually, like, probably even more difficult. Like, you know, because, like, you know, like, everyone can write a book. Well, not – you know, but many people can write a book. Many people can get a deal, but longevity in the industry is so hard. Like I think Jane Friedman recently posted that like over 80% of writers, oh, I can't like, I think only like, oh no, I think it was like 10% of writers have like six or more books and like anything before, like they usually die after three books. Like most people do not stay in publishing. Um, so, you know, for them, they're like the idea of, like, nur- uh, nurturing up-and-comers. So, like, okay, maybe you have a couple of short stories published. Maybe you've even, like, self-published a book or two, but your career hasn't really gone anywhere. Okay. This award is supposed to kind of help you be part of it. And so just to kind of follow up then real fast, what exactly <clears> – <throat> so explain a little bit then about uh, – the award in general, when, where do you go to get it? Is it a, I mean, do, does everybody kind of come together? Are you notified? How many finalists are there? And, you know, those kind of aspects of it. As far as, so I was the judge for last year for the, and I helped choose the 2019. So the way it works is, um, I mean, you, we receive as many submissions as, as we receive, you know. So I, I think last year there was that like 30, 40, I can't remember. Um, but we always want more. So there's not really finalists per se as in like that we notify them so, so we um one of the judges who's been there since the beginning uh Tina Spani, she has kind of like um a rubric that we're all expected to use and we all fill it in and we all send it together and then we all got on a I don't know how the other years were judged but this is how we did it you know we got on a conference call and we kind of went over like we ranked our own top three and then across the board there were only two of them were on all of our lists. So I'm like, okay, well, then we have to choose between this, and then we kind of debated the merits back and forth of, like, who would most benefit from the award. Um, And then, like, there – so unfortunately this year the winner will not be able to be honored in person because it's given at BoucherCon, which is uh, the largest mystery convention in the world, as you know. Um, and it's not mandatory that you go to receive it, you know, like you would still, you know, checks in the mail, you get, you get your notification through email. Um, but like, if you wanted to, you are celebrated at the, uh, Sisters in Crime breakfast at, um, BoucherCon. Okay. Well, yeah, that is, uh, one of the things I'm working on is uh, virtual thriller fest for this year. 
and mm. uh, we're recording all the sessions in advance. So, so I know what you mean about conferences being canceled and trying to, you know, make do with what you're given. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. So, I, and I want to ask you about that in a bit. But first thing I wanted to ask you is, why did you want to write in the first place? What what inspired you to want to sit down and put words to paper? I mean, I feel, you know, like most writers, I've always loved reading. You know, I've loved reading from a young age. And I just started to make up, you know, my own stories. Um, you know, one thing I'd like to say, like it's um, that made me think like, oh, I was really <laughs> destined to be a crime fiction writer. As, you know, like in school, like you would get those assignments. Uh, in fifth grade, one of our writing assignments was to like re- recreate, like rewrite the story of the Three Little Pigs, but like put your own spin on it. And like as a ten-year-old, my spin on the Three Little Pigs was I think the Big Bad Wolf was like a drug dealer, and like the the Three Little Pigs were trying to take him down. Okay, so and... real quick, where did you grow up? <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. Okay, now, now keep going. Now, now, okay, now it all makes sense. Keep going. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, yeah. yes. And it's one of those, you know. And so, you know, teachers from you know from a young age were like very encouraging. They're like, oh, you know, you, you have like a high like right, you know, reading uh, level. You know, your your writing is really great. You're very creative. You know, things like that. And I was an English major in college, um, but like. <clears throat> the the reason I write the stories that I write is because like, from a very young age, I've loved the mystery genre, um, mm-hmm. but I don't really see people like me in the pages, you know? So that's one of the things I want to do. I want to put my mark on the genre. Well, you know what? Let's talk, let's talk about your book. Um, mm-hmm. is, uh, now, they didn't kind of let us know. So has your book been released now? Has your debut book out? No, it doesn't come out till May 2021. Oh, okay. I'm bummed. I want to read this. Yes. Yeah, so, so <laughs> tell us about it. So, so, so tell us the name, everything you got going on you know, with it, even though it is still a year away. Um, mm-hmm. Let's hear what the winning book was in 2018. <laughs> so the title has changed since then. It was originally sold as Love, Lost, and Lumpia, uh, but my editors felt uh, we needed to like, lean harder on the mystery element. So it's going to be released under the title Arsenic and Adobo. And adobo is like the Philippines national dish. My, you know, my parents are originally from the Philippines, and I wanted to. And I love culinary cozies. Like I love the food aspect. I love the puzzle, you know, things like that. So I, wa- I knew I wanted to make my own. <clears throat> so again, so it's uh, arsenic and adobo, and the part of the Tita Rosie's Kitchen Mystery series. And I wanted to really play with like the cozy tropes being very similar to like rom com tropes. So the idea is, you know, like. Um, Girl, you know, goes back to her small hometown in disgrace after a failed relationship. She has to revitalize her aunt's failing restaurant. She has to deal with, like, this gaggle of matchmaking aunties who are, like, super nosy and meddling in her life. And, you know, she even reconnects with her high school sweetheart, her first love, except he's this huge jerk and this food critic who's been trying to, like, tear her family's restaurant down and then, you know, he has, like, the gall to die in her family's restaurant, and she has to deal with the, uh, the repercussions from that. Um, well, John doesn't know this, but uh, I just turned in a cozy mystery to my agent. And, oh. um, I know it. You told me. I know who you're I, writing with. I know. All right. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I forgot. I, did, I didn't think I told you I turned it in. Anyway, um, yeah. 
one of the things writing a cozy that I found challenging, even though I loved them myself, was sort of figuring out the elements and beats, mm-hmm. you know, leaving clues for the person to figure out who was the guilty party before your hero does, but at the same time you don't want it to be too obvious. Mm-hmm. How, I'm wondering, so basically I'm asking, how did you plant, uh, plant those beats and how did you outline it out? Or did you outline it all? Did you just free flow? Um, I'm a bit of a planter, so I know, I, well, as I like to say, I knew the, the beats I wanted to hit originally and so like you know so like my my beach sheet will just be like bullet points of like i know this happens i know this happens i know this happens i know this um this time i actually knew who the killer was like my the first book i wrote i didn't know who the killer was like i reached the end and the person i thought was the killer was not the killer and i was like oh crap so i had to go back and completely you know change the clues this time i was like okay i'm working with knowledge ahead of time i can kind of figure out where I drop this in like a conversation, um, where someone observes, you know, a particular thing. Um, but again, it's all about like layering, like in drafts, you know, like I, you know, I wanted the main story down and then I went back and like, can anyone tell? No, because you, there's one conversation here. So it's like, well, how about here? How about, the, you know, there's like small breadcrumbs sprinkled throughout. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. When you were writing this one, um, then you found out you had a three-book deal. Is the three-book deal for three books with a series? And were you mm-hmm. thinking series when you were working on this? This one, yes, definitely, because I know uh, cozies are like are pretty much always series. Maybe not long-running ones, but cozy readers are definitely fans of series. True. So I mean, like you know, you pitch it as like, yeah. oh, you know, standalone with series potential. True. So obviously it wraps up at the end, but there's still like, oh, what, there's still the hints about what comes next. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. you, you know, when you <clears throat> just talked about how your first book, you read all the way through it and you didn't know who your killer was. That's mm-hmm. not exactly a bad thing to follow because you know who used to write like that? Hmm? Agatha Christie. She would write yeah. an entire book and then go back and figure out who the murderer was. So she had no idea when she was writing the book who was who the killer was. <laughs> she was just writing the book, and then she went back and figured it out. So mm-hmm. just to let you know, that's not a, a, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a pretty good person to follow there. But yeah, you know, and and Jeff knows um, ghost stories and mysteries are my two. That's that's where I fall all the time. I love those. I jam. love those things. I'm a huge murder. She wrote Columbo. Um, I love the mystery. I love trying to, but the one thing, and I, and I, you know, and I started thinking about this about a couple of weeks ago because I have so much time to think now. Um, <laughs> how important do you really think it is that the reader have the ability to solve the crime the way it's supposed to be solved? Because people might guess who the killer is, but mm-hmm. the, but and the way that it happened, they were wrong. And if anybody tells you that, oh, I figured that out, it's like, no, you didn't. You're a liar. Because like you said, <laughs> it's one little conversation that you would have zero idea really about what the context of it was because it would be so much later in the, in the book. And there's, over, mm-hmm. there's so many other layers that you'd have to follow. So how important do you think it is that the reader have the ability to solve it? 
I mean, to speak. Like, I'm Did you ever try to solve reader. them when you were reading? Oh yeah, always. So I mean, that's like, like speaking as a reader. Right, and how for me, right were you? My problem. I mean, I could usually. I mean, I guess it depends because there are times where. I feel, you know, like the, the writer was too heavy-handed, right? They wanted to make, like, cause there's the idea of, like, playing fair, right? Yeah. It can't just be, like, this person we never introduced before, you know? Um, right. But they they really wanted to show that they carefully thought it out and, hey, look at, you know, there's, like, a spotlight shining on certain things. It's like, oh, well, duh, you know, kind of a thing. Um, also, like, I read so many that, I mean, it could just be, like, because I'm so familiar with it, I'm like, oh, yes, obviously this person. You know, because but. I'm telling you, I've read all Agatha Christie's, and I didn't solve one. Uh, but I, I think, didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that the big deal. Like, I think even if I know who the killer is, you know, maybe halfway, three quarters of the way through, that's not a problem, right? You know, I think the problem is if it's just obvious. Like, I want to know why. I want to know how. So the fact that, like, you know, just oh, it's this person. That, that's not fulfilling, you know, if they can give me a fulfilling ending where it's like, oh, wow, that's why they did it? That's crazy. Oh, that's how? Like, who would have thought, you know, so the twist ending to me is maybe a little bit overrated. I think I would rather just have a well-done ending, <laughs> you know, like a satisfying ending. Um, so, like, yes, I want... Uh, who was it might have been like the ending should be surprising but inevitable yeah, so I, I, it's, I, a, yeah. it's a question that I haven't been able to answer myself I don't, I don't know how I would think I don't know because I love Agatha Christie never solved one of her mm-hmm. crimes but I was never discouraged <laughs> to not read another book because I didn't solve the last one so that's mm-hmm. why what do you think Jeff I'm just curious really um, and I have to disagree with you because the way I look at things I see who did it the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, if you read, so you mean to tell me like that, that you read Agatha Christie and you figured out on Death of the Nile who the killer was and how it happened? Not Death of, not Agatha Christie, but more of the more right. contemporary ones. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah I'm talking like even Sherlock that. Holmes is difficult. <laughs> what do you, I mean, right? Me? right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's so tough. Yeah, but you know, I watch one of those Hallmark mystery movies and I can tell you in five minutes who it is. Well, that's mm-hmm. different because they're not trying I to know, hide it there. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, you just walked on camera. I know it's you. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm curious, and I'm really looking forward to reading this book. Um, yeah, it sounds fascinating. We both are. Oh, thank you. Um, talk to me so about So please make the, sure uh, your publisher sends me a copy. <laughs> yeah, Will we, do. We know Michelle. We know Michelle. We're going to go after her. Yeah, and um, Julia. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Curious about the um, the um, supporting cast because you have a great mm-hmm. protagonist. Talk to me a bit about the. Um, I'm guessing they're quirky and you know they have their own little uh, strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of it, you know, as always, many characters are drawn from life. Many are like amalgamations. More are just kind of. So we have. So it's called the Pita Rosie's Kitchen. So Pita is like the title for ants. You know, it's like the Aunt Rosie. Um, so my main character, you know, her parents passed. She was young, so she's been raised by her aunt and her grandmother, who are the ones who run the kitchen. Um, 
and like they're kind of like the the ants and the grandmother are kind of foils the ants is you know the loving the nurturing the cook you know the the very supportive one who's always there the grandmother's the hard ass <laughs> the grandmother's kind of very much based on my grandmother <laughs> there's some there's some things I was working through in writing that one um, but she's loyal you know she it, it, it's love it just doesn't seem like it from the outside you know like love takes many different forms especially in the asian community you know like in you know in the in the book and in many families like i love you is not spoken i love you is here's this delicious meal please take care of yourself you know i love you is i worry about you and i want to make sure you have a good job and a good life and you don't have to like struggle unnecessarily you know so there's like a lot of that in the the family characters there's also like um, oh, they're almost like the Greek chorus, like the, the I call them the calendar crew because like their names are uh, May, April, and June, uh, and they're like her <laughs> godmothers. Because in um, in like in Filipino culture, like mo- like many people have multiple godparents. Like I have three godmothers and three godfathers. So like I wanted the group of like gossiping aunties, you know, like the eyes and the ears who are around, who are, who like who meddle and are helpful, but you're never really sure how much of which you're going to get, <laughs> depending on, like, what, you know, which particular interaction you're having with them. Um, and then her best friend um, who works at the, the coffee shop next door, so she's the more outspoken one, the bolder one, you know. The sidekick is always the one who says things that you wish you could say, but you just don't. You always want to hold your tongue. So, like, that, that's how I played her. Oh, that's nice, yeah. And it, it, it sounds to me like... Um you've got great insight into the characters and as a reader, I'm going to get insight into you and your culture. I love that. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, so I'm curious. Well, first of all, I have to say congratulations because you're not being published now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I can't imagine what a debut author would be dealing with now. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find it easier because of what's going on now to write or do you find it more difficult? Honestly, it depends on the day. Um, so for me, luckily, like I'm, uh, my, dead, <laughs> my deadline is actually this Friday. So like I'm technically done with my edits, so I'm kind of just doing, like, I'm just doing like the final, like reading it on my Kindle to catch like those little things. So I'm almost done. Um, and I think honestly, you're talking to us? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, this is nice because I'm like, okay, like my eyes are going to fall out of my head. I've read this book so many times and it's technically only the beginning because this is the first round of edits. Like I can't even think copy and proof and all that. Um, but like I'm the kind of person where like my anxiety is helped by like control. Uh, and like doing stuff. So there's not a lot that I can control right now, you know, (laughs) but like, oh, I have a deadline. I have outside forces. Like I have this thing, this project that I can work on and stay focused on, um, you know, throughout. And that's like what's really been driving me. Whereas like, like maybe if I had to like draft and I'm like, oh, well, you know, they'll, they'll get it when they get it. My deadline's not till like next year. I'm, you know, like I would be a little bit like, floating um but again this is for like the kind of person i am i want like a strict outside deadline knowing what i have to do so i can kind of focus on that um and again maybe because it's editing like the the, you know the the drafting's already done the creativity part is done i'm just kind of refining that's been okay once i have to start drafting book two you can ask me then 
<laughs> gotcha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, well, Mia, is there anything that about the award or stuff that we have not talked about that you that you wanted to kind of mention here? I know that sub, uh, submissions are free and open to the public through June mm-hmm. 8, 2020. Uh, so mm-hmm. where's the best place for them to go for people that are listening that want to tell people um, about this? What can they do? I and mean, it's real fast, so they've got to be quick about it by the time we get this out. Okay. Um, so all, like, the main social media, so, like, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram for Sisters in Crime, and then also Crime Writers of Color is okay. another group that I am part of and we're heavily involved. If you – our crime writer of color who's thinking of applying uh, and you're like a little bit scared because you don't really know anyone, you don't know what this is about, please join. It's free. It's a forum. There's lots of people that you can ask for help. Um, or if you know someone who seems like they'd be a good fit, please, you know, lead them towards us. Again, crime writers of color. Uh, you just Google us. We have a website, and we're also on all the other social medias. We've also recently started a podcast, so that's cool. another thing. Um, Nice. I don't see anything else. I mean, yeah, again, just shoot your shot. You don't even need to have a finished menu. Like, I, I only had, because it's, uh, it's like the first 20-something pages, I believe. I think it's like up to 6,000 words. You know, like, my book wasn't done. I had three chapters, and I was like, oh, well, this is enough. And then, like, I, I refined them, and then I sent it in. So don't think you need to have a finished book. Don't think you need an agent or you need to actually know people or, you know, this is your chance to become part of a community, to get the knowledge, to get the money, to to take the classes and courses and everything else that's, you know, necessary because writing can be expensive. True. Now, I know that there's 60 chapters worldwide, so is there pretty much a chapter of Sisters in Crime in every state in the United States? I think it most, I believe, like, it depends on certain, because I know, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a New England Sisters in Crime, you know, so it's, like, okay. so it's that general area. Um, I, I think it depends on, like, the concentration. Okay. So there might be so. some locally, like, maybe, like, in New York or Chicago, L.A., like, the bigger big cities, and then the other ones mm-hmm. might be more regionalized by states and things you're thinking. Okay. Yes, yes. Because I okay. know, like, in California, like, there's, like, a, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a SoCal branch, which is different than, you know, because I guess Probably. Cause California is so large. So things like that. So some are regional, you know, that, that pull from men, many areas. Some of the bigger cities, like Chicagoland, you know, that I'm part of. I'm part of mm-hmm. – I'm one of the, the members at large in programming. You know, so we're a large chapter, very welcoming. We actually have, you know – you know, some online meetings happening now because people feel the right. need to, to connect. <laughs> They're having trouble with productivity. So, you know, we're having a lot of conversations around that topic. Right. Well, cool. Well, hey, we want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and what is your website? Do you have one up yet personally? Yeah, it's, it's just my name, my full name. So it's www.miapmanansala.com. And that's M-A-N-A-N-S-A-L-A. So, mm-hmm. that yeah, or you can follow me. If it's a little bit easier, like on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, I'm at M-P-M, the writer. <laughs> that's an M-P-M easier way to find the writer. Me. There you go. That's good. Much easier. All right, Mia. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about, again, the Eleanor Taylor Bland Crime Writers of Color Award uh, with Sisters in Crime. We want to thank you so much. Congratulations on winning in 2018, and maybe we'll see you at a convention soon. 
All right. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for spreading the word about uh, the word about this award. It means so much to me. It's so important to the community. So I really appreciate your support. Yes. Tell Sisters in Crime uh, to get us earlier next year when they start announcing it, and that we can start it at the beginning and talk more about it instead of having to rush it closer to the end. So thank you. Okay. Awesome. And, we'll and, do. We'll, and get us the book, and we'll have you on to discuss. Yes. Oh, I would love to. Thank you. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'll let my <laughs> my editor and publicist know. Thank you. We'll talk okay. mysteries for a whole half hour. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Thank you, Mia. You have a good one. You too. Take, Take care. care. All right. Bye-bye.